What up, y'all? It's DJ Envy. And I am Gia Casey. And this is another edition of the Casey Crew. This is actually the late edition of the Casey Crew. The first and quite possibly the only. I don't think it's going to be the only time we're late. <laughs> I'm hoping it's the only time that we're late. I kind of look at it like your period. Like sometimes it comes, sometimes it's late. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> we don't know. Now we're actually, I know. We're actually late because uh, yesterday or a couple of days ago, depending on when you're listening, uh, Big Sean was in town. Right. At Radio City Music Hall. And our daughter's a, a fan of Big Sean and wanted to see him. So we got them tickets. We took Madison and her friend Kaya. Mm-hmm. Uh, took them to the city to see Big Sean. Before the show, she wanted to get her hair done. She looked very, very, very pretty. I'm sure if you uh, go to my Instagram at DJM, you can actually see the picture, pictures of, of her that night. And um, we seen Big Sean. It was a great show. He yeah, killed it. Yeah, he was it. awesome. A lot of energy. His fans are bananas. I think everybody at Radio City Music Hall knew every word to every song that he performed. Right. It was pretty incredible. He yeah, has he, a great fan base. Yeah, he killed it. So um, after the show, uh, she wanted to take a picture with him and meet him because she's never met him. Again, I, we've hung out with him a couple of times yeah. on different occasions. So we waited to after the show and, you know, Madison got a chance to take a picture with him, talk to him for a little bit, and that was it. Then, by the time we got home, it was pretty late. It was really late. It was really late. We were both tired. Beat. And I was like, all right, baby, let me take an hour nap, and then we'll take the podcast. (laughs) That hour nap turned into him waking up for work in the morning. Yeah, so let me tell you. So, if I ever say an hour nap, that that means I'm done. I'm finished. It's a wrap. It's going to be four or five hours. Hey, it is what it is. I don't sleep much as it is. So uh, that was that. That's why we didn't tape it. That's why it didn't come out the the proper time. And then when we got home, when I got home from work. Today. Today, Wednesday, is our day without a nanny. We don't have a nanny. We have no help. So Gia and I, it's kind of like we're Uber drivers. I'm an Uber driver. She's a Lyft driver. So we're just taking kids (laughs) everywhere they need to go. Uh And we finally got home. cleaning, doing everything ourselves. Like, you're, you're a really good Mr. Mom, though, so... I'm going to commend you on all of your domestic abilities. I don't really You're pretty care. awesome at that. I don't that. really want credit for that. Why? You ask. actually you deserve credit. Okay, sidebar. What? I want you're always thanking me for little random things. This is my opportunity to thank you. You work hard. You work long hours. You're oh. up early. You're out late. Which transitions, which transitions into being out early. Right. And on Wednesday, which is the day that I need help, you come home and you help me. So you'll come home, you'll pick up the kids from school, you'll help me make dinner, you'll pick up groceries if we need groceries, mm-hmm. you'll clean up after them, you'll help me give them their bath, you'll help me put them to sleep, you help me with everything, and I want to say thank you for that. Oh, uh, F that though. That was nice. What? That was a nice little wind up. I don't want credit for that. Wait, why'd you just say F that? I mean, that was nice. I don't want credit for that. Why not? I want credit for your being your photographer for the 30 days or for your, your shoe game. <laughs> I want you to say and, and thank me right now. Now, if you don't know, Gia does this uh, 30 shoes in 30 days where she posts 30 of her favorite shoes. Well, uh, they're not even really my favorite shoes. They're just shoes that I think that are interesting for some reason or another. Right. Now, I would say 75% of the pictures are taken by moi. Yes, me. this year they are. I take them. So some of the pictures with people are like, how do you get that shot? Or how was that done? That's me shooting. I, that's what I want credit for. I'm- <laughs> what, you can't? You only can get credit for one thing? You can't get credit for both? I, I, I want credit for that right now. Okay. Because some of them shots have me look like, damn, I took that dope. <laughs> okay. 
thank you very much uh-huh. for getting on the floor, mm-hmm. laying on the concrete, uh-huh. or doing whatever other twister moves that you do to get the shot. I appreciate it, and I appreciate the ideas you co- you've come up with some dope ideas oh, for my pictures. You. Oh, you're giving me credit. Yes, yes. Some of those, yes. Are, some of those, some of those ideas, ideas are yours. Are mine. Yes, yes, yes. So if you like to use them, you have to go through <laughs> me and my lawyer to get them copywritten. I'm just joking. Okay. Nah, but nah, but if if you don't know, if you follow Gia, she does a 30 shoes in 30 days and the pictures are just amazing. They're like pieces of art. So if you if you check it out. I wouldn't go that far, but. Yes, they are. They're very, very But nice. I enjoy taking them. I take about, some when I take the shot, I take about 100 pictures for each shoe and then she goes through them and, and, and finds the one that has a little bit of space on the left, a little bit of space on the right, has to have three inches on the top, three inches on the bottom. Like it has to be perfection before well, she perfection in my eyes anyway. I have to be happy with it. So All right. But whichever way, getting back to my original gratitude, thank you very much for helping me with the kids. Oh, you're welcome. That's pretty it it, it means something to me every Wednesday. Oh, uh, no problem. And, and shout out to everybody that uh emails us to caseycrew at gmail dot com that hits the comments that uh whatever, whether you listen and, 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 and you have feedback, we really appreciate it. And a lot of people that have purchase the merchandise which is the casey crew stuff that we rock and wear um hats mugs glasses socks you know just cool i cannot believe how many people are into the socks the socks i didn't know socks were like that much of a thing i like socks i like fuzzy socks but people are really digging these socks yeah the socks the socks are doing well and people are wearing it we even the damn gear shirts Mm-hmm. That people are uh, purchasing and, and you can, you know, put your girl's name or your man's name in that setting. You know, we really appreciate all the love. Now, um, where I wanted to start off today's show was I wanted to start. Why do we off- always start off where you want to start off? You realize that every week it's, yeah, well, you know, where I want to start, start off this week is dot, dot, dot. How come you never ask me where I want to start off? Okay, it's like cleaning the house. Who cleans the house first? You. You start it off and then I follow. It's just what it does. This is what I do. I do this for a living. So you sit back, relax, and I will guide the ship. Okay. All right. I'll let you guide the ship. All right. Aye, aye, Captain. All right. Now, I want to start off where we left off last time. When we left off last time, I was going to the hospital after the podcast to check on my leg because my leg Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. So if you uh, don't know what I'm talking about, last week after the podcast, my leg was hurting me for a couple of months and we decided that we better go to the hospital and check it out right so we went to the emergency room because it was painful <laughs> and um you know they they put me in a, in a wheelchair yeah right which i was like i could walk he's like no no we got to put you in a wheelchair just in case you faint so i felt awkward and uncomfortable right then and there anyway you looked awkward and uncomfortable i didn't want to be in a wheelchair i could walk my my leg was just hurting it's right not, but he couldn't be liable because once you were protocol. admitted exactly once you were admitted they needed to put you in a wheelchair so that you were safe once you were in their care so they put me in this wheelchair and then they rolled me to a bed <sighs> now i'm in a bed but the I, hope the bed was in the hallway yeah, they had me in the hallway because I guess all of the emergency room beds were taken. Right. So they have these little roller cots, if you will, in the hallway behind like these curtains. And that's where he was first seen. Which is embarrassing because I didn't feel that hurt. I'm like, this is just my leg. I can sit on the chair until y'all call me. Mm-hmm. So they put me on this bed. So anyway. You were looking at me like, you see how they got me? I know. They, I, they had me like I was <laughs> shot. 
<laughs> but so, uh, long story short, they they did an MRI. They did a what's what's they the didn't other do thing? an MRI, Rashawn. What they do? Can you not exaggerate every damn thing? What did they do? It was just an X-ray. No, they did more than an X-ray. They did the thing. They did first. They did an X-ray, and then they did an ultrasound. Right, they did an ultrasound. Because ultrasounds allow them to see parts of like your vascular system so it allows them to see your veins they call it and a, whatnot a booster booster um a doppler doppler that's what a they doppler. did they did a they, doppler. no they had to call a doppler to come right. in and right. so they did it they checked my blood flow and they said my blood flow was good because money. he thought that he had a massive blood clot i mean the way he described it it sounded like it might be that so he thought he might have had a blood clot and he was like well if it's not a blood clot it might be cancer and I was like, mm, "Yes, I don't think it's cancer. How can you know? Right? What makes you think? What makes you, what makes you so sure?" And I'm bad when I come to start thinking those things. I get bad, like really the bad. The conversation to the hospital was bad. You are the quintessential hypochondriac. I am, and you know why? Because bad I was, though, I'll just, bad. I'll just, I'll just look in a magazine, and then I see an article about Vince, who was Tamar's husband, who had blood clots, and I was like, right. "Oh, that's what I have." Or I'll think of a situation. <laughs> I think a heavy D. And him getting, catching him, having a blood clot from flying so much. And I fly so much. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that's me. Because that's what you were saying for months. Oh, Chris Bosh, the basketball player. blood clot. That's what I, I kept try, seeing. Because I fly so much. I kept seeing from all these different celebrities about you thought them they, having blood clot. Hold on, people. He thought they were signs. I thought they were signs. And I know there's a lot of people <laughs> out there that signs. have those type of signs. That when you see stuff, you be like, this is a sign for me. Uh-huh. So um, that's why I thought I had a blood clot. So I really thought that I was going to go there that night and it was going to possibly cut my leg off. You guys don't even understand. Like right now, it sounds like jokes. And it is kind of funny now. But on our way, because listen, we talk so much in the car ride, wherever we're on our way to, we talk, 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 talk. And this 30 minute ride to the hospital was so silent. And I looked at him and I said, what's wrong? Why are you so quiet? You said, no, I'm just thinking about what this could possibly be. I was like, wow, he kind of whispered it to me and made it all dramatic. And I was like, well, maybe this is my cue to rub his back. So I reached over and started rubbing your back. I said, well, honestly, okay, you said a blood clot. You think it might be cancer. I said, why are you so convinced that it's something serious? I said, because truthfully, I think that if it's not a blood clot, it can just be maybe muscular problem with your calf muscle or something like that. You said, I just know it's not that. And who's going to want to come and see a one-legged DJ? (laughs) So we went from a pain in your calf muscle to amputation. I'm going to tell you why. Because remember. I'm like, oh, so now we're getting, now your leg's getting amputated. I'm going to tell you why. You remember when we were at the jeweler, right? Oh my goodness. We ran into that doctor. And what did the doctor talk about? What did he talk about? He did talk about one of his patients who was, he was on bed rest. Bed rest too long. Too long. And his leg had to be amputated. Oh, so that was your sign? That was my sign. That was your sign so that I maybe. I thought that I, my leg had to be amputated. <laughs> Nobody's going to want to come and see a one like a DJ. I, I don't think. I was like, actually, would. being a spectacle, I think they might want to come and so, see. They so, might come out because of that. So actually. now I'm a spectacle. I'm a, I'm the way you were DJ? telling the story. Yeah, you made it seem like oh you were going to be a spectacle. I mean, you went straight for like the jugular. You thought it was all kinds of bad. And all I had to do, all I was trying to do was calm you down. And then we get there. He gets the ultrasound first and they tell him there's no blood clot. 
They don't see any blood, no masses, no nothing like that. If you didn't hop off of that gurney looking thing and do the happy dance, <laughs> then it was all laughs and jokes, right? right? Then it was all laughs and jokes. my blood was moving. She said, my blood yes. moving good. So I said, yes. all right, I'm And good then they money. brought you into another room and then confirmed that you had no other issues with an x-ray. You know what they told you? Go get a good massage. I know. <laughs> Just in case, I got to be, hey, you got to... Right, right, uh, right. I was nervous. All right. Well, let's get the show popping. I just want to, to bring things to, you know, where we left it last Up time. to speed. Now, um, we left off one of our conversations about peer pressure. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to get back to that oh, because yeah. I was, uh, I'm very concerned with a lot of kids out there and a lot of uh, young individuals, how they are raised and how peer pressure plays a big part on... Uh, on how a kid is raised and how a kid grows. You can be the best parent. You know, uh, you can do a lot of the things that great parents do, but if you really don't have a great relationship with your kids, you can't necessarily be a good role model in ways of far as peer pressure is concerned. Uh, my parents raised me well, mm-hmm. I think. Very uh, well. They were, you know, always by my side, you know, anything I ever needed, they were there, whatever, whatever, whatever. But I didn't have a great relationship with my parents. The relationships that we have with our kids that I'm very proud of. Mm-hmm. And, and when I say I'm very proud of, I'm very proud of the fact that I, we can go with Madison if she's on a date and go on a date and we're the cool parents to go on a date. We can take, well, I don't want to make it seem like we've gone on a date. We've taken her and we might have hovered in the background, right, right, right. But you, you know, know or I mean? sat we at another there. table. Right. But it's not like the four of us sitting at the restaurant. No, 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 no. We were double dating. Right. But we go there and it's cool. I, my, my daughter laughs at, you know, when we're there and, and, mm-hmm. and that type of thing. Sends us signals from her table. Right. Right. And, and even the other night, you know, we took Madison and her friend to go see Big Sean and I don't think she would have had it any other way. Like, yeah, she's not going to say, hey, dad. Uh, you stay outside and I go inside and I meet you. Like, I would have did that as a kid. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have wanted my dad or mom there because I felt like well, it would be embarrassing. Right. Right. And what we're saying that is, is if you have kids out there, you know, or you're about to have kids, this is the relationship you want to have with your kids because when they're going through anything or they have an idea, you know, they will talk to you first. You know, even with what's very popular, which I don't agree with, is uh, the vapor pens and vapor stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, my, our daughter sees her friends or I don't want to see friends sees kids older kids in her school she's in high school smoking vape so instead of asking one of them what vapor she was able to come to us and say hey what's vape right what, what is it right is this, you know is is it bad for you and we were able to explain it to her so she wouldn't go down that road and possibly doing it with them or, or trying it with them and I really appreciate that mm-hmm. um, I think that's pretty much basically because of the way that you have taught them and then you have raised them. Cause you know, as a kid, I, I was, it was like a dictatorship in my house. My pops is an ex police officer, whatever he said went. Right. And the reason I say that is, um, tell a story. I was, uh, I was raised very, very well. Parents always supported me. I had got everything that I want. They pushed me to be better, <clears throat> but I always wanted to be liked as a kid. Mm-hmm. So liked by friends, liked by friends, by girls, liked by, liked by girls, everyone. guys, everybody. You mm-hmm. know, I always wanted to be down. You know, and growing up in Queens, you've seen a lot of street life, street activity, uh, drug dealers. You know, you would see people drive up and down with nice cars. Mm-hmm. You would see jewelry. You know, it's a lot of places in New York, not just Queens, but mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then even with you know with, with music videos, you see people making a lot of money. So. You, and videos were much bigger then yeah, than, they than they are, are now. now. Mm-hmm. So I wanted that stuff. So I remember going to college and um and and college was great. You know, I went to Hampton University, Gear went to Old Dominion, 
And I just remember hooking up with a bunch of people that were doing things that I didn't need to do, but I did it because I wanted to fit in. Mm -hmm. You know, and one of those things were I knew somebody that worked at, I knew somebody that had a friend that worked at Costco. Right. No, it wasn't Costco. It was Sam's Club. Sam's Club. Mm-hmm. Which um, I think is it, is it just down south? It's well, wherever it is, it's um, like a variation of a BJ's uh-huh. or a Costco. Right. If you're not familiar, it's called a Sam's Club. And uh, they had a friend <laughs> that worked there, and they told me that their friend was a security guard at the front door. Right. So they were like, you know, what we do is we just go in there with a shopping cart, fill it up. We have a fake receipt. Walk right to the door. And drive out and walk right out because the security guard is, the is one informed. The receipt, he's right? the ones that ones. He's the one that checks the receipt, and he'll let you bypass and go out. Right, and everyone you would have to give him something, whether it was a DVD player at the time. That's what DVD players were big, or whatever it may be. I remember there was nothing in this planet or world that I needed. Right, I had everything. You had a dope apartment. Right, fully stocked fridge. Right, every electronic that. You would need to make your life easy and entertained. Right. So I remember, you know, but some of my friends in college wasn't as lucky as I was. Mm -hmm. They struggled a little bit, you know, like a lot of college students did. So when this happened, this was the come up. This was the lick. We used to call it a lick. This was the lick. And what I used to do is I used to dress up in a suit every Sunday morning. Every Sunday morning. Every Sunday morning. I'm just going to say allegedly. Because I don't know um, if I can get in trouble for this, but I think I can't. How could you get in trouble for it? All right, because I was convicted, right? You already got in trouble for it. Okay, right. So I would dress up. <laughs> I would dress up okay, every it's Sunday. It's like your audio memoir. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I already got in trouble for it. Exactly. Uh, I would dress up every Sunday in a suit. And the reason I would dress up in a suit is because Sunday I would act like I went to church. So if you go into a department store or a Sam's Club, if I'm wearing a suit, I wouldn't look strange. I wouldn't look out of ordinary. People wouldn't necessarily look look at me as a thief. They would more look like, oh, he's just coming from church. So I would. Dr- <laughs> that was that was the mindset. <laughs> it worked. It worked. So I dressed up in the okay. suit, and I would get a shopping cart from Sam's Club, and I would fill it up with as much shit that I possibly could. Sidebar: He kept all of this from me right I had no idea that this was going on because I think you knew that I would have talked some sense into you right well so I, you know and at the time DVD players were big um like massagers stupid shit <laughs> yeah yeah uh, blenders but it's, it was the kind of massager that you would like lay over like a lounge chair or something and it would massage you in the chair right Right. At at the time, it was plasmas weren't really plas. They didn't have plasmas. At no, not at, the time. at that time. They had like mm-hmm. small TVs. Like it would be LCDs. Like, the, LCDs. the LCDs. All types of just shit. I put in there, and then I would just walk right out. He would look at the receipt, and I'd walk out. And I did this about what three, four times. I think so. Mm-hmm. Three, four times did it, and then, of course, like everything else, dude got caught. Right. Security guard got caught. Mm-hmm. Now the way he got caught was. Sam's Club was missing because it wasn't just me doing it. His friends, other people were doing it. It was a bunch of people doing it. It's a whole conspiracy. But I did it not because necessarily I needed the money, but the people that I did it with was my peoples. Mm -hmm. So I just did it to be down, which is whack, horrible, coward, soft. But at the time, I just was like, we just all doing it. It's like we all do some stupid shit because we all do it. And a lot of people get in trouble for doing things like this. Mm -hmm. So I just remember... The guy got caught 
Because Sam's Club was, he, let's say Sam's Club lost $300,000 in that quarter. And they couldn't figure out how they lost $300,000. Now, I know Sam's Club didn't have cameras because I scouted the place out. Um, <laughs> so they would go to every employee and go to every employee and be like, look, we got you on camera. We know you stole this stuff. Just confess and let's let it go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, most employees be like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. All right, you can leave. Go to another employee. They'll say the same thing. Another employee be like, what the fuck are you talking I didn't do nothing. And let him leave. Mm-hmm. The security guard that I knew through a friend, they said the same thing to him. And what did he say? All right, you got me. <laughs> he told on himself. Uh-huh. So now the problem with that was when they said, okay, who else is involved? He didn't know who else was coming in and out the store. The only person that he knew was me. Right. And he knew me not because of my real name, because I was the DJ on campus. DJ right. Envy. Mm-hmm. Envy. It's a long story short. Now, how old were you at this point? I was, what, a sophomore in college or junior in college? Uh, I think it was your sophomore year. Sophomore, junior. No, 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 no. It was junior year. Because you were living at the other apartment, Mm -hmm. not the harbors. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Junior year in college. So how old did that make you? I was about, what, 20? 20 as a junior? 19 to 20. Probably 19. 19 to 20. Yeah, 19. So I get to, one day I'm, I'm driving home. And when I get to now, my apartment, this day, I remember like it was enter Gia into the story. I get to my apartment. <laughs> and when I get to my apartment, I noticed that the doors off the hinges. Mm-hmm. Now, the apartment complex that I lived in in Hampton, Virginia, they didn't allow students there. So I had to damn near lie and do all types of shenanigans to get in this apartment. It was like a really upscale, upscale right. apartment. Right. So there was no other students. So when I would go to, you know, <laughs> you know when I would go to my apartment, I would see all my neighbors kind of look at me funny because they knew that I did some funny business to get there. Mm-hmm. So one neighbor that I would see all the time smoking a cigarette, he was always outside smoking a cigarette. Mm-hmm. So um, when I got there and see my, my, my door off the hinges, I knocked on his door. And I was like, I know you've seen... Because <laughs> you're always out here with that cigarette. always outside with that cigarette. Uh-huh. And uh, I remember like yesterday, he he puffed his cigarette. He was like, you know, he had, he pulled the cigarette like... <sighs> they can't see you. Oh, well, they, um, this is the, they, they can hear it. I'm acting right now. Action. Uh, he pulled on the cigarette. <laughs> blew it out at me. He said... <sighs> <laughs> he said, the police. I said, what? He said, the police came in here. I said, what the police come in here for? So I dialed 911. 911, what's your emergency? <laughs> Why was y'all just at my crib? I was right there. I said, Why was y'all at my crib? So they was like, well, you know, it, they was like, well, hold on. And then they was like, well, there's a warrant on your refrigerator. So I went in the refrigerator and I seen it was a warrant. You know, they said they believed that I was in possession of stolen property. Now, I'm not going to lie. There was no stolen property in my apartment. I was not stupid enough to leave this. I mean, I was stupid enough to do it, but. Uh, okay. But you, I was not you stupid You saw where enough. I was going with that. I was okay. not stupid enough to leave the stolen property in my apartment. So all the stuff that they took was my shit. Well, see, you left that part out. They came and they took everything. Everything on the apartment. That could have possibly been sold at Sam's Club out of his apartment. Right. So his toaster, his microwave, all the DVD players, clocks, like everything electric they took out of his apartment. Right. So they took everything. Everything out of my apartment that was that... I really purchased, they took. Right. I didn't even say I purchased. My mom purchased. Exactly. My mom purchased, they took. So wait, where were all the stolen goods? I'll never tell to this day. (laughs) 
I'll never tell to this day. Uh-huh. I have friends. The friends where they were, I was selling the stuff. Like I didn't. Is that what was happening? Yeah, they were selling mm-hmm. it. They were selling mm-hmm. it. Uh, and if you heard a couple of episodes ago when, I, when we talked about the cheating story, we talked about that one friend that was crazy, Lil yeah. Sean. Lil Sean was the one selling it. Shout out to Lil Sean. See, now that allegedly. Allegedly. See, so you only you only throw the allegedly <laughs> allegedly in there when you're trying to protect yourself. Ah, huh? you're right, you're right, you're right. But it's, okay. it's, it's been past. It's been over 10 years. Uh-huh. I think we're good. All right, but anyway. So, um... Was over like, 10 yeah. years. Wow, more than that. I'm not trying to show my age. I just said over 10. I was about to be like, your math is bad. No, stop trying to age me. I'm only 29. It was Go ahead. Yeah, 10 years. All right, anyway. So, um, they said it was on a, a warrant. was on a thing. So, mm-hmm. the first thing that I did, and this is what you should tell your kids, even if you have teens or even if you're a teen listening, because we, we have young listeners as well, 16, 15 sometimes. If you ever get into trouble, never go to the police station yourself. My dad is a police officer. His first thing that he always tells me is the police are not your friends. Ever. Ever. Unless they're trying to protect your life. And there's no disrespect to any police officers that's listening, but that's what I was told. So the first thing that I did that morning was I got a lawyer. Well, no, no. They're not your friends in the um, in the interrogation room. They're never your friends in the interrogation room. We can't say that police aren't your friends, but in an interrogation room, they're never your friends. No, pretty much they're never your friends. When I, and the reason I say that is the police have a job and they have an investigation to do. You can be innocent of something, but they go where the evidence, the evidence leads them. Mm-hmm. So even though that you say, OK, I did nothing wrong, know that they still have to do an investigation. That That's what my pops always said about the police. That's what I'm saying friends. in yeah. an interrogation room. You can't say the police are never your friends. OK. Right. right? Yeah, right. You're, you're the son of a retired detective. And my dad tells me that. I mean, no, but the the police are intact to protect society. Right. Not that it always happens that way. Right. But, you know, one bad egg doesn't spoil the dozen. Absolutely. So let's let's say that. Um, but in an interrogation room, your interest has to be yourself. In a criminal investigation and there's your police around. Your interest has to be yourself. Protect yourself regardless. Exactly. Even if you did absolutely positively nothing, if, even if there's no way that it could lead to you, you protect yourself. Right. So um, I called the lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really helped me out a trillion percent. Most people would have went to the police department and was like, well, the police don't have no evidence on me. But I called the lawyer and I never had an opportunity to talk to a cop. They had to go through the lawyer. Um, the hardest part of that was I had to tell you Mm-hmm. And I had to call home and tell my mom. Yes. Um, and it was a scary situation. Very scary. Um, I mean, I was all over the newspaper in Hampton University in Hampton. They tried to kick me out of school for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a lot, you know, and um, to go through the case fast. <clears throat> you know, I was um, convicted of petty larceny. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't have enough evidence to convict me. So I had to either go to trial which Virginia is a Commonwealth state where they right. can make up their own rules in certain occasions and change laws. And I didn't want to do that. Or I could take this petty larceny charge. Mm-hmm. I took the petty so larceny you pled charge. Out. I pled out to a petty larceny. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and the reason I wanted to talk about it is that peer pressure of feeling like I had to be down affected everything that I did. That petty larceny charge was on my record for 15 years. Yes. Where every time I traveled outside the country, they gave me a difficult time. Mm-hmm. Every time I would go to, I mean, it's off my record now, thank God, but anytime I would try to travel and make money, it was always a situation. They always put me into another room. And, especially in Canada. Especially in Canada. And they would ask me about it all the time and it would, it would just be embarrassing. 
It would be embarrassing all because I tried to fit in. Right. And you realize when you get a little older that it's not <clears throat> worth it. But back then you just want to be cool. And that's a conversation that we have with our son Logan all the time, you know, mm-hmm. to make sure that you're just not doing something because you want to create a funny because you want everybody to laugh with you or laugh at you because you're trying to be cool. And I noticed with you, you never were like that. I don't know if it's a man women thing or do maybe women do it as well. But, you know, the way that your parents talk to you and you, you had a different relationship. So you never did something to fit in. You know, I've always tried to fit in mm-hmm. you know now i don't give a fuck i don't i don't care who likes me who loves me who hates me i don't give a fuck if you make a nasty comment on me on instagram i block you but <laughs> right but you know that was a problem with me and i want to make sure that our kids never go through that that's why i try to talk to them all the time and give them the real mm-hmm. so they understand exactly what's going on well for me And we tapped on this, I think, two podcasts ago. But yeah, I never I never was interested in fitting in per se. Of course, everyone enjoys having friends and having a healthy social life and healthy relationships with others. Mm -hmm. And I had that. I had that growing up, but I never sought after it. Um If you know me, you know that I didn't start drinking until about, let's see, maybe four or five years ago. Right. Literally, I got drunk with Rashawn my freshman year in college once. And after that, I was like, this isn't for me. Right. I'm not drinking. So I would be the one at the club or at the party or at wherever with all of my friends and everybody is drinking and having a good time. And I would have a good time, mm-hmm. but I was always a designated driver. Correct. Everybody would order a martini or, you know, an amaretto sour or whatever was cool back then. And I always ordered a Coke, right. you know, and I was actually very proud of that. I was very, very proud of that um, because it felt to me as though I was empowering myself mm-hmm. and that it was as though I proved to myself that I had the strength to say no when everybody else was saying yes gotcha. and not that saying yes was so bad of course underage drinking isn't you know something that I would promote but not that you know when you're 19 or 20 and you know kids are out and they're having a drink. I don't want to, you know, demonize that kind of behavior, but I felt as though I wasn't succumbing to what everybody else was doing and it was my choice and I was upholding my choice. Even when we were younger and I lost my virginity to you, but even before then, all of my friends were engaging in, well, not even my friends, people that I knew, people around me Mm -hmm. were engaging in all different types of sexual activity that, In my mind, I said, no, I'm not going to engage in anything serious until I'm with the person that I want to be with for a very long time, hopefully the person that I marry. So at that time, my friends would call me a prude. And I remember it was just me and my friend Dahlia. We were the only like virgins left. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that was really cool. You know, just being the one kind of standalone from the crowd made me feel cool to myself. Right. You know, it made me feel strong. And it was as though 
all of that other all those other things that were going on in my environment it didn't it didn't affect me mm-hmm. you know and, I, and it also made me feel as though I was mature okay. you know I was I, I was proud of myself um, and then you know as time went on I realized that it's not so horrible now as an adult. It's not so horrible to have a drink or it's not so hard. Like things that I might have put a stigma on. Right. Um, I realized didn't necessarily need to be stig- stigmatized. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But that came with growing as well. I became less rigid about certain things. Now, I wanted to ask your advice about how you feel about talking to kids and talking to teens and talking to young adults as far as to make sure that they stay away from, you know, peer pressure and and the facts that, you know, their peers can have a strong influence on a lot of the things that, you know, these kids and and teens do, you know, because that is a big problem. And I think a lot of times people go like, hey, let's go, let's go rob this store. Let's go steal something out the store, you know, and then four people go to steal something out the store and they think they're just going to steal a bag of chips. And that one individual pulls out a gun shoot somebody in the store mm-hmm. now they're all arrested for attempted murder yes um well when i sit down with madison and logan you know we talk to our kids about all of these things they know the story about Rashawn and sam's club and some other stupid decisions he's made in his life made a lot of them right? you've made a I've lot been really lucky you've been very lucky i'm supposed to be locked up i've been really <laughs> I, I don't think i was yeah. i don't think i would do good in jail anyway but Yes, but we we tell them about all of those things because when you're not honest with your children and you hide your mistakes and you come from a place of superiority, it's difficult for them to relate to you. If you're honest and you tell them about your flaws and you're personable about it and really sit down and have an open conversation, they realize that not only are you being honest, but that you're the type of person that can relate to them right. and relate to the possibility of making bad decisions. They realize that they won't be judged by you. And I tell them all the time, if you ever do anything, I may be disappointed, but I won't judge you. Right. I will do nothing but help you. So first... I teach them a lot about consequences. Mm-hmm. And just like you said, you know, a person can can engage in something that seems to be very, very small. And then things can spiral out of control so quickly. So we give them examples about that. But first, I try to keep their morals intact. I think that that's the starting place. So I think that if your parents might have talked to you a little bit more You might have been hardwired against doing something as dishonest as taking something that doesn't belong to you without paying for it. Right. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I made a conscious decision ever since they were little that stealing or touching anything that doesn't belong to you or being in possession of anything that is ill gotten is not something that you ever want to do do you remember when madison was about three or four years old Mm -hmm. we were in the mall and we went into the gap she was in her stroller and they had like these little stuffed animals and while we were shopping she must have grabbed one of them and 
we left the gap. We bought we bought whatever we had to buy. We left the gap and we were going through the mall. We were near the food court and we looked down and we noticed that she had this little doll. And we took that opportunity to talk to her and tell her that taking something that doesn't belong to you isn't right. You didn't ask for permission to have that. So it's not yours. So we turned around and walked back to the gap, told the security guard that our daughter took it and we'd just like to return it. It started there. And every time that they have an opportunity to take advantage of a situation where they may be able to get away with it clean, they come back, they talk to me, or it just be made mention of in a conversation. And I let them know right there and then that is not the way that we live. Right. And I'll give you a perfect example. We took the kids to Sky Zone, which is a trampoline park here in Jersey. They have them all over the country mm-hmm. um, this past weekend. And Rashawn and I took Madison and three of her friends. So we were out the whole day. We went there and then we took them out to eat afterwards. Right. But while we were there, I said, all right, well, how long do you want to jump? She said an hour and a half. But, you know, we might be able to sneak another 30 minutes. I said, sneak what? And she was like, yeah, we might be able to sneak another 30 minutes. Kids do it all the time. I said, kids might do it all the time, but you don't friggin' do it all the time. You don't do it ever. You don't sneak 30 minutes. This is how their business runs. And if you take advantage of a situation, even if it's a little $10, 30-minute jump, you're taking something that you didn't pay for. You're taking advantage of a situation. That is wrong. Yeah, no, you're right. That is not how we live. But see, the problem We is- do not do things like that. If you're going to jump yeah. for that period of time, you pay for that period of, your, of time. If your friends choose to try to jump for free, that's them. I said, but you go back and you pay for that. And that's how you live your entire life. I said, you, you can't you can't hide from God. God sees what you're doing. Yeah. But and that's a uh, that's that's something that you do. That's wrong. That's a blessing that's going to be taken away from you. Yeah. But the problem with that is why you because uh, uh, I you uh, know, what, what, what is that? I know, and this is where I'm, I become the bad parent. Right. Because I remember like me, I would look at jump as not stealing necessarily. Right. It's just jumping around. I know. It's just 20 minutes. And just, most people would look at it I'm that just way. I'm going to jump around till they, they tell me to leave. But it's wrong. Leave. I know you're right. It's but, stealing the but, time. It's but, stealing their service that they charge for. But I, see, I'm also the person that I stay in a movie theater all day and watch four movies. I did that when I was a kid too. But because, that's wrong. That's but, stealing. But, you stole but it. see, my parents never had a conversation with me as in depth. Yes, I knew not to walk into a store and steal something because I like it and I don't have the money to pay for it. But something like sneaking into a movie theater, that's not something we ever talked about. Right. I've snuck into many a movie theater. But had I known better or had my parents had that conversation with me, I may not have. Right. And I don't want... My point is, a lot of people, you give them an inch and they take a mile. Right. So you start with that mindset and you don't know how far your child might take it as as they get older. You know, it's like, where do you draw the line? Right. This uh, this is bad, but it's, you know, it's kind of gray. All right. It's a little dark gray. Okay. Now it's black. You know what I mean? It's where do you draw the line? 
Where do you draw the line? So I think that it starts with teaching them the difference between right and wrong and not allowing for that gray area. If something is right, it's right. If it's wrong, it's wrong. Don't dabble in anything that's wrong because then at some point you might get carried away. So that's where it starts. But now when we're talking about peer pressure, I think that If you empower your child and give them confidence and self-esteem, see, I think the problem with you is that you didn't have a lot of Mm self-esteem. You weren't thoroughly confident inside because had you been confident inside or had a lot of self-esteem, you wouldn't be so concerned with impressing people or fitting in. And I think that you probably didn't have that self-esteem because your parents didn't engage with you quite as much as maybe had they done, it would have been a lot more beneficial to you. Right. I was more of a standoff child. You know what I mean? I, I, I could play by myself for hours Mm-hmm. Like you, you could play with yourself for hours. Right, well, I could do that too. But I'm talking about like <laughs> GI Joes. I would play GI Joes with myself, and you know, Matchbox cars and mm-hmm. action figures, and wrestle myself all day long, and would be fine. Right. I could play video games. This is before that you can go online and play somebody in in Africa. I would play with video games by myself all day long. Mm-hmm. It was cool, you know. But I just didn't have that relationship, and I just really wanted to show. Do you think people. that your parents wanted to have that relationship with you and that you were standoffish? I was standoffish. Do you think that they wanted to talk to Absolutely. you more about your... Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. Absolutely. I was standoffish. I was standoffish because my household was a dictatorship. My dad pretty much ran the household. You do. You didn't ask why. You just did it and kept it moving. Mm-hmm. And with that, when you have a dictatorship like that, you don't want to talk to the, the, the leader. You don't Mm -hmm. want to talk to the person that's running the household because you can get in trouble. Mm -hmm. So like what I try to tell Logan sometimes, like, look, sometimes you just got to dodge the question and just keep it moving, bro. Like, that's how I did as a kid. I just if something I had a question about instead of possibly asking and can get in trouble, Mm -hmm. I just wouldn't ask and just figure it out on my own. And that's why I was at a young age. You figured out a lot of things on your own and figured it out the wrong way. Yeah, I did. Mm -hmm. I I did. And I'll be the first to admit that. That's why, you know, I'm glad that. You know, the way we raise our kids is a lot differently and you have a way better relationship than most people have with their kids. And and I try to have a better relationship than than uh, I had with, with, with my parents. Just, you know, just so that we can talk and have, you know, just have an open conversation, an open dialect. You know, even if it's just playing basketball and we just shooting dialogue. the shit and mm-hmm. we just talking. I said dialect dialogue. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, even if we're playing video games and we just talking and, and, and communicating or even if I'm just taking Madison to. Whatever it may be, grocery shopping, and we're just talking, you know, down each aisle. You know, it opens up that dialogue where we could just talk and open things up. So if they have a problem or have a question, that they know that I'm there and that peer pressure won't influence them. You know? Well, regarding the peer pressure, I just think it's about instilling self esteem so that your kids don't feel as though their popularity or their self-worth depends on other people's opinions of them. You know, this topic is going a little long, but I'm going to tell a little story. Um, I don't know how little it's going to be, but I think back to it sometimes. And I told Madison this story a couple of months ago. Okay. Um, When I was a freshman in high school, I went to an all-girls Catholic high school called Bishop Carney in Brooklyn. And... There was a girl that I wasn't 
great friends with, but she was always on the bus with me on my route home. And we engaged in small talk and whatnot. She was a very, very nice girl, smart girl. And one day we all played hooky from school. Right. And we went to a hooky party. So my whole group of friends, it might have been about 15, 15 of us. We all played hooky. We went to this hooky party and this girl wasn't particularly popular. Everybody liked her, but she wasn't in a specific clique or Mm -hmm. anything like that. She was a little bit more on the outside of it, but she was there and there was this guy that a lot of the girls liked. They all thought that he was cute. And at this party, she danced with him the whole night. Okay. Well, excuse me, the whole day, because it was during the day. And maybe the way that she was dancing wasn't, you know, I guess whatever popular dance moves were, were that everybody was doing at the time. That's not how she was dancing. So the next day at school, everybody was in the cafeteria and they were making fun of the way that she was dancing at the party. Right. And the reason they were making fun of her in particular is because everybody kind of liked the guy. So it was really based out of jealousy Jealousy, that they were making fun of her. Mm -hmm. And I sat there and I watched it all go on in front of me. And I was so angry. And I was a little disappointed in myself in that moment because I was deba- I was debating going back and forth. Should I say something right now? Should I not say something? Should I wait? Should I say something to her? Should I mind my business? What should I do? So lunch period ended. And mind you, the girls at my school at this particular, because this is before I met you. Uh-huh. So I was a freshman and a sophomore at this school. And then I transferred my junior year to your school. And right, that was the school. year that I met you. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, but the girls at this school, a lot of them just were not nice. Like it, it, it was very catty, catty. The girls were competitive. They were nasty. They were gossipy. I didn't really have any problems there, but I saw it all going on around me. Mm-hmm. So anyway, lunch period ended, went into the hallway, and I saw one of my best friends. Her, uh-huh. her name is Janelle. And I told Janelle what happened in the cafeteria. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, what do you think I should do? She was like, I would just mind my business. I said, mm, all right, I'm going to think about it. I went home. And I spoke to my dad. I told him everything. And he said, you went to a hooky party? I said, I got to be honest with you. I went to a hooky party. Just please don't tell mom. He reprimanded me a little bit. But my concern at that point was just getting good advice because I was tormented inside that I was, you know, witnessing this thing that was going on. And I didn't do anything about it right there. And then he said, Gia, he said, do you like the girl? I said, yeah. He said, do you think that she deserved what was going on behind her back? I said, absolutely not. Absolutely not. He said, well, if you consider yourself her friend in any respect, she has a right to know. And I said, well, what do you think about everybody that's going to think that I went back and I told her and all this stuff? He said, those people, you shouldn't give a shit about what they think because they're not the type of people that you would want as friends right. any day of the year. Mm-hmm. So who cares what they think? I was like, all right, that's all I need to know. So I went back and I told her. I said, 
this is what happened in the cafeteria yesterday. And it happened again that day. I said, this is what happened in the cafeteria today. And she said, well, what should I do? Because I can't engage with them the way that I typically engage with them because now I'm upset. Like, what do you want me to do? I said, you can tell them and you can tell them that I told you. She's like, I, I can tell them that you told me. I said, yeah, I can't come to you and tell you what happened behind their back because that would be just as bad. If I'm standing up for something that I believe in, then yeah, you can attach my name to it. She was like, well, then they're probably not going to ever talk to you or want to be your friend or that might kind of oust you from the group or whatever. And I was like, you know what? I really don't care. Even if I sit and eat lunch by myself, I really don't care. That wasn't right. So Mm. you have the information you can do with it what you will. I just wanted you to know so that every time that you turn around and walk out the cafeteria, people aren't laughing at you behind your back. She went back. She told them. She told them it was me. And then it was a whole big debacle in my freshman year. But I'm saying that to say, you know, integrity is what should lead your children. Absolutely. You know, not being liked by people, not being part of a group, not being popular, not being all those things. If you can have all of those things while living right, then great. But if you lose all of those things and at the end of the day, you know that you're living right and doing what you're supposed to do and what God wants you to do, nothing else matters. Yeah, you have it. No, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. So that's how I feel about peer pressure. Okay. Well, your dad has some great advice. And hopefully we have great advice to our kids so they don't have to deal with peer pressure. Yeah, but I tell them stories like that. So As you should. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now, um, hey, now, you know what this podcast, sometimes this is off the fly, right? It's a little, it's a little long today. I don't even know how long, how, how, how far in we are. We're pretty long today. Okay. So I was thinking about pretty this. Pretty long every day. I know I'm long every day. <laughs> I was thinking about this. Let me know what you think about this. We skipped the email of the week this week. I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. Next week, we just do all emails of the week. We just get, we get so many of them. Right. So many people. So let's just do And I feel, I feel badly that we're not able to address. To do more. Yes. So I, I say, let's do next week's show. We just do all emails. So if you have an email for us, you can email us. Uh, crew at gmail.com. That's T-H-E-E crew at gmail.com. That's crew at gmail.com. Leave us your questions. We'll try to get as through as many as possible. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have a lot of questions. That's And cool. I think we should just close out with the argument of the week. Okay. All right. Now the argument of the week. You know what? You know what I'm realizing? What's that? I fuck up a lot. <laughs> right? Don't I? You do. Oh, and you wasn't supposed to agree with me. You'd be like, no, no, but you do though. I'm supposed to be like, no, nah, not that bad. You're like, yeah, every once in a while. Be like, yeah, you do, nigga. You do. <laughs> Now, um, this argument of the week comes from um, me and, and Gia. And I don't know which one you're talking about because we've had a few small arguments this week. Well, this one is the argument I realized today why I, um, when you talk to me sometimes and you ask me your opinion on certain things, sometimes I ignore you or I don't necessarily process everything. Now, fellas, you ever in a conversation with your with your wife, your girl, your fiance, she's talking to you. And you're stuck on one thing that she's saying. So you never really hear the whole thing that she's saying. Mm-hmm. I do that all the time. And I realize why I did that. 
Now it's funny Our daughter just threw the phone in here Like I What thought, the hell Hold on I thought it was a mouse What are you I, thought, I was like A mouse came from Queens And came through our door I didn't know what the hell That was a snake Apparently she borrowed my phone I didn't know She just slipped the phone Into the recovery I thought it was a snake When did you take my phone? She said before she walked in I didn't okay. know what that was Oh my god You just scared you the shit out of me Daddy just jumped I out said, of what chair. the I almost threw something at her Goodness gracious Alright Anyway Beat it now I was saying Love that um, when it comes to relationships, a lot of times with with fellas, we only hear and concentrate on certain things, and I am like that a hundred and fifty percent, especially when it comes to finances. Now, if Gia asked me, "Hey, babe, you know we want to go on vacation. Where about? What about you think about us going here on vacation as a family?" Now, most people would be like, oh, what does the place look like? How, what's the weather there? Mm-hmm. Is there a lot of things to do for the kids? Is there any culture? Is there a culture there where we can take the kids and they can Great learn excursions. something? Like, that's what most people do. Yes. Me, what's the first thing I say? How much is it going to cost? How much is it going to cost? Mm-hmm. That's what I want to know. How much is it going to cost? <laughs> we got to fly where? Do I, how, how are we flying there? Mm-hmm. How long is that flight? We can't we can't make three stops because if we three stops, it'd be a lot cheaper on the flights. Oh, oh, okay. So you want to stop there? All right. So you want to go and you want to eat? So I gotta feed everybody. <laughs> well, what, what do y'all want to eat? Oh, uh-huh. oh, we just can't have. You're not that petty. And French fries. You sound but, crazy. But that's how I am, and I realized that today when you ask me your opinion on anything, it could be, "Hey, babe, mm-hmm. what do you think about my fingernails?" The first thing I'm thinking about how is how much that manicure cost. How much that manicure cost. <laughs> You know, because if I'm, I'm like, I mean, we're being petty, but yeah, I am petty, and, and and those are some of the things that I do, and is and that's wrong because you don't get my honest opinion when you're asking for it. You mm-hmm. can say, "Babe, how you like them boots?" The first thing I'm calculating in my head is, "Oh, them boots is probably that much money." Now nah, I don't like them. I don't, I don't like them for that much. And then you always be like, "Why? I I, you don't like them? What do you mean you don't like them? They're beautiful. These are probably one of the most popular boots I've ever seen." I'm like, "That color ain't gonna match with nothing." Now. <laughs> Mind you, you said that girl's not gonna match with me. I really don't think that, but because I'm on that price yep. kick, mm-hmm. I automatically, you know, downgrade what it is or you know, shit on what you have because I'm like, I gotta make sure she doesn't get it. And I realized that today, <laughs> like when you're talking to me, we having a conversation, mm-hmm. I'm adding up in my head what things are costing. Opposed to just saying, well, babe, I like this. Now, for the record, he's not that way about a pair of shoes or a manicure or something. He's like that about very specifically like vacations or, you know, things that will be a lot more pricey. And today we were actually talking about a vacation and we got into an argument because... He just he wasn't plugged into the meat and potatoes of the conversation. It was all hypothetical. It was all ideas. It was just, you know, back and forth. It was supposed to be food for thought. And the first thing that he did that he did was want to get into specifics about how much is this going to cost? How many days? This, that. And I'm like, dude, we're not that far down the pipeline. Like, can we talk about, you know, what part of the planet we want to venture to? I mean, we talked about a lot of different things, but when you talk about a heated igloo, and I'm like, how much the fuck a heated igloo is going to cost? It's actually a custom, they custom build an igloo exactly. for you that, in exactly. Iceland. Well, what, what about it's like an igloo mansion, What about a, what about a not a custom one? What about a, a, an apartment? A, how about a standard igloo? Yeah, what about a standard <laughs> that igloo? That they already have built, that That's someone right. already used With before extra us. blankets, right? With the heat. But those are the type of things, and I realize that today that I don't give how much is a 
igloo mansion going to cost? I'm like, dude, can we just figure out if we want to go to Iceland or not? And then right. we can worry about but that's, that's our what accommodations. It is. But I do that on everything, even if, it's a, even if it's a pair of jeans. And the first thing I think, honestly, is... I wonder how much that costs first. And then I give you my opinion. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I don't but like that's just views. how your brain operates. Right. Because everything's you, dollars and cents. You, but do you, real, do you realize that that is a problem? Yes. Most things in this world for you comes down to money. Right. Money motivates you to do things. Absolutely. Money will inhibit, inhibit you from doing other things. Right. It's just you're... The first thing that your mind goes to is the dollar. And it's crazy. I mean, it's hard not to when as a kid, as a child, you're pretty much raised to love the dollar. You know, to respect the dollar. That money you're not makes raised you know what I mean. To that, love the dollar. That, but I that think money that makes the world go round. You, you, just you pretty the much world lust is. the dollar. Everything is about price and how much things cost and everybody aspires to have a bigger car and a bigger house and better shoes and better clothes you know and we talk about it in everything that we do whether it's these shows on tv these reality shows whether it's the real housewives of beverly hills and the things that they have or it's the real housewives of atlanta is what they have or you look at somebody's video and, and you see nice jewelry a nice cars. so you aspire to make more so i mean i think that of course and cents. you know television and you know fantasy and all those things perpetuate human beings desire to have bigger and better right but you know that is not great because sometimes somebody's opinion is not on well my opinion a lot of times wasn't honest because honest because it was swayed by me fit, trying to calculate how much something costs but on the flip side at the same time there are things that you would lust after because of its high price tag right you know, so it doesn't just work in it, it doesn't just function as a way of deterring you from getting certain things. It's it's also a function of motivating you to get other things, it, whichever way it it applies to your life in every facet. It does. And you're hyper focused on that. Right. And that's crazy. It is. It is. And I realized that was a problem today. I'm like, I, you know. I concentrate too much on the cost, not really the enjoy of little things Enjoyment. like the conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we're talking about a vacation. I mean, or talking hell, about- we might not ever go to Iceland. Right. It's just an idea. And that's all I wanted to talk about. And you just took it off into these other directions where I'm like, you know what? Forget it. I don't want to talk to you about it anymore. Right. Let me just play around here on Google and I'll figure out if I want to go there or not. And right. then I'll fill you in and I'll cut a check. Right. But you those, just show up. Those are some of the things that I realized today that I can't let affect the way that we communicate and the way we have conversations. You know, I can't be mean from the door because I'm thinking, oh shit, that's going to be hella expensive. Mm-hmm. I have to really just be like, nah, well, let's talk about what we want to talk about. And then we talk about price later on, but let's talk about whether we like this, you know, if that, because if everything was up to me, I would have never skydive on our birthday. Cause I'd have mm-hmm. been like, how much is skydiving? <laughs> I'm like, how much to jump out of plane and scare myself? <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. But you know, these are some of the right. things that I, I, I realized today. I'm like, yo, I just can't, I have to just enjoy the conversation. So halfway, and just take things out of it. Halfway through the conversation, it's like a brick fell from the sky and hit you in the head, and your entire demeanor changed. So, what made you all of a sudden realize that and apologize for that? Um, Where did I, that come from? I told myself that if if we, me and you, get into an argument or you know a disagreement, 
whether small or big, I'm going to step back and look at that argument to see if I was wrong or if I feel you were wrong and then try to break down why we're not matching or seeing it on each other's pages. Mm-hmm. And when I did that this time, I realized every time you would ask me a question or ask me my opinion, I would always answer with how much? Mm-hmm. Well, what's that going to cost? You know, it's going to be this. And I was thought to myself, that's not a way to even answer anybody. Even when they ask you a question, it should be more about asking and really caring. I didn't care what Being was going plugged on. Into the conversation. No, I wasn't plugged in at all. I was mm-hmm. more concerned with, here comes a cost, you know, and that's whack, you know, and, and that would be whack if you asked me anything about if, if I like a pair of shoes or uh, what I thought about this or what, whatever it may be. It doesn't have to be something super duper expensive, even if it's the smallest thing like your nails. You know, the first thing I say is how much is that French manicure? Oh, that's that price. Well, if you add gold on, it's going to be that. Nah, fuck that gold. That's just <laughs> stupid. That's, and it's not even like it's not even that I can't afford <laughs> an extra five dollars for a manicure. It's just the way that I think. Mm-hmm. And I have to unplug myself from, you know, thinking always about monetary and just enjoying the conversation, you know? No, no, that's good. That's good. And another problem that I had with you, and hopefully it is had past tense because we talked about it today, is that when you do go into that approach, so whether it be, stop rocking back and forth, you're distracting me. Stop that. Stop. I stopped. Okay. So. Um, even if that is your approach and even if it's not money related, sometimes we get into a conversation and it's off for some reason or another. Maybe there's some type of context clue that is telling you that you're not going to like where the conversation is going to go or what I'm going to tell you or Whatever the topic is, if you're not a fan of the topic, there's usually this air that seems to be lingering around where there's a wedge that's there in the beginning. And then it's like the wedge just keeps opening up and we keep getting more distant and distant and distant from the core Mm -hmm. in that conversation. And when I feel that air coming on it's like mm, now it's like there's an adversity that's starting to brew mm-hmm. where we're like against each other. Right. And there doesn't even really have to be any genuine contention. We could just be talking about something, but the wedge widens and it becomes more contentious. And I always have a problem with that because I feel as though it's not necessary. If we just sit there and talk, then there should be no problem. We should be able to both give each other our opinions and share our point of views. And it can always be positive. Sharing of information should always be positive. It should be. It It's not inherently negative. And sometimes I feel that you look at it as it's inherently negative. And sometimes it gets to a point, and I say this to you all the time, you know, I feel as though we're not on the same team. Right. Sometimes when we get into these arguments, I feel like we're not both working towards the same goal. Like when things were getting a little... I don't want to say nasty because that's an exaggeration, but for lack of a better word right now, when things are getting a little nasty between us talking about the trip, you know, I felt, I don't know. I felt as though 
we weren't working towards the same goal. Like we didn't say right. that we were going to go on this vacation and we weren't playing for the same team. And you were going to take any little inlet to, I don't know, kind of um, throw some negativity on whatever I was proposing. So it's like, oh, so now this is where it gets sticky. Mm -hmm. So now I feel like I have to be a little bit nasty and that's going to encourage you to be a little bit more nasty and we're just going to end up in a nasty negative place. Right. Well, I I also think, I mean, that does happen. That, That does happen. And now, you know, the little bit of argument that we were supposed to goes into a big whole thing because it, it is blown out of proportion. But I think most men, when they get into a situation with their woman, they try to avoid the obvious. What do you mean? And not even avoid the obvious, avoid what could be the obvious. So, for instance, if there's a, a problem or there has been a problem before in somebody's relationship and we feel like that talk, that argument is going in that direction. Most men will avoid that direction by any means. You're saying you don't want to revisit a topic that's been visited time and time again. No. (laughs) If you see that it's going in that direction. If me and you are in the car, right? But you think I'm stupid. Like, you change the subject. Like, I don't see that happening right before my eyes. Let me tell you, if me and you are in a car. Your methods of avoidance are so piss poor. I don't care. I want you to know I'm avoiding that. I don't want to go there. (laughs) Like, you don't understand. If we are in a car driving and let's say uh, a topic comes up on the radio and they're talking about, let's say, cheating. Right. Mm -hmm. And you say, hey, what do you think about that? (laughs) I have three options. Crash the car. Crash the car. Jump out the car uh-huh. while Abandoned. it's moving. Abandoned ship. <laughs> or have that conversation. Uh-huh. 98.9% You'd rather of crash the, time, the car? I'd rather crash that motherfucker <laughs> immediately. <laughs> right. Or jump out. I jump out. Hey, why the, where'd he go? Who's just rolling down the street? It's just the things that men He's on the shoulder. Do. Yeah, well, I'm on the shoulder. <laughs> right. But that's just how men are and how men deal with things. We don't want to talk about the nonsense, especially when we are the problem or we were the problem. We don't mm-hmm. want to go back into that space. So that's what we do. And we try to catch those conversations early when we know that it could possibly go that like when you ask me a question, I don't just necessarily answer your question. I think 30 questions down the line. <laughs> I see. Uh huh. So I can know what the left is like. I'm like, if I answer this question, she's going to say this. That I can make a left right here. Babe. You know what I was thinking? Let's go to the park and have a picnic. He'd be like, picnic? It's, it's 50 degrees outside. <laughs> no, we could wear heavy jackets and picnic outside. You're like, what the fuck are you talking about? That's my way of getting around the question I don't want to answer. Because now you just think I'm crazy. You'd be like, this nigga crazy. He needs some sleep. Baby, go get some sleep. I don't, you, you, you're, the way that you try to avoid things and change the topic and whatnot, and it frustrates me. Then I'll sit there and point out to you that I see what you're doing and then you act like you're stuck on stupid absolutely like you don't know what I'm talking about and then I have to sit there and explain and it just becomes it's like you know (laughs) another problem that I have with you is that and this happens. This, ain't about, this, this episode ain't all about the problems you have with me now. No, no, no I'm just you saying. Said two, because, two is enough. Because this is, I don't know, they're all related. Oh, boy. And I know that a lot of people, I don't even think just females, That's a lot funny. of people. You start this, this episode off with, with uh, give me compliments, and then you end it with all your problems you have with me. But go ahead. All these couples have this problem. A lot of times I think that we start 
maybe an argument or a disagreement about one thing. And the way that you handle the argument or the disagreement is so much more troubling than the initial thing that we're arguing about. And then the argument transitions into an argument about how you're handling it. So for instance, and this is just a hypothetical situation, we Mm -hmm. can be arguing about the fact that you didn't take out the garbage on a Wednesday. And during the course of that argument, you may raise your voice or cut me off or I don't know, have an attitude, have an attitude Uh or something. And then the argument transitions into us talking about the fact that you raised your voice or that you have an attitude and it's not necessary. And that usually becomes so much more important because that's more of a problem at the foundation of your relationship. Okay. You're not being very respectful. Mm -hmm. You're not talking to me the way that you should be talking to me. And the garbage pales in comparison to that. So now, you know, you started off with a snowball and now you have an avalanche. And then we spend hours arguing or talking about the fact that you don't know how to talk to me during an argument. Right. And I think that if you think more steps ahead where that's concerned as a part, as opposed to trying to think so many steps ahead, how you're going to dip and dodge a question that may come up 30 questions down the line, we'd be in a lot better place. Right. Do you know what I mean? I agree. I absolutely positively agree. But you know, at that point, because then you would save yourself a lot of strife. Right. No, I absolutely agree. And and like I told you today, I'll take a, a mental note and make sure that when we have these conversations, I'll make sure that I can honestly have a conversation with you and not necessarily think about price and that, you know, when we do have conversations, not think about necessarily going to the worst negative place. Like we'll just talk about what the problem is and keep it moving. And be on the same page, work Absolutely. towards the same goal, play for the same team, because that's really what it's all about. Absolutely. All right. Good. All right. And all my fellas out there, if you do want revenge, just in case revenge? you do have. How'd you not, just come from revenge? No, I'm just telling if they do want a little revenge, I just want to tell them a little thing that I used to do. What are you? Okay. What do you do is, is at night you pee on the toilet seat. <laughs> And you leave it down. So when she has to go to the bathroom at night, she sits in the pee, the wet pee. And there's nothing she could do at that point. And that's my revenge. How many times have you sat in the pee? <laughs> I know you don't do that on purpose. All right. Well, Play with me if you want. I know you don't do that on purpose. All right. Now, uh, next week, guys, it's all about you, right? So we're going to be answering all your questions. If you, you have questions for nasty, us. Nasty, nasty bastard. The Casey Crew at Gmail. T H E E Casey Crew at Gmail.com. And it's all about your questions. We're going to be taking as, met, as many questions as we possibly can. You can email us, uh, you can DM us, but uh, emailing us probably be better. Again, it's T H E E Casey Crew at Gmail. Gmail.com. And again, we appreciate you guys for supporting our merchandise, man. The socks, the hats, the uh, I mean, why are you dancing while you talk? I don't know. The socks with the right hip, the, so- the hats with the left hip, the socks, <laughs> the hats. Uh, what else do we have? T shirts, whatever. Go ahead. The wine glasses, the mugs. We appreciate you guys. And do me a favor if you can, if you do purchase. Uh, any of our merchandise take a picture with it and I'll repost it I, I would love to see you guys with our uh, merchandise it's pretty dope alright well it's time to get up out of here mm-hmm. which and means go upstairs 
and take more pictures of your 30 shoes. No, stop. No, no, no. No, no, no pictures tonight. <laughs> but uh, and also check out Gia's uh, Instagram. Like those 30 days, those 30 pictures in 30 days, those 30 shoes in 30 days, that's art. I just sit there and I just look at it like Because wow. you took it. We got to go. That's All cool right, stuff. lovely people. <laughs> All right. Thank you for rocking with us today. We appreciate you guys. I'm DJ Envy. And I am Gia Casey. And that was another edition of The Casey Crew. Toodles. 